billion dollar man won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of The Gen X Files. Welcome to The Gen X Files, I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about a a Charlie, Charlie Brown, Brown Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, we all know those holiday specials. Yes, we do, Adam. And I think we should do the entire show talking just like this. Uh, to counter, I'm going to do the entire show like this. What, Grandma? Well, that's good news. I guess everyone can come to Grandma's house for a Thanksgiving. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That, uh, was, uh, that wasn't even a good... Uh, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Somehow it works with them. Somehow it works. That, yeah. that cadence is amazing. Well, they were children. I mean, they were children trying to read lines. So like it. Yeah, but it just somehow it worked. It did. It did. Uh, take yourself back to 1973. Ooh. May 13th, uh, Bobby Riggs challenges and defeats Margaret Court, the world's number one women's player, in a nationally televised <laughs> tennis match set in Ramona, California. Do you think the headlines were, Riggs Court's court on the court and wins? Riggs beats Court. Yeah. Well, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Because her know. name's Court. Court. And yeah. she plays tennis in a, on a court. <laughs> and she was a, she later became a judge. So Riggs, in, in Riggs won room. that 6-2-6-1, which leads to the huge battle of the sexes match against Billie Jean King later in the year on September 20th, in which Billie Jean King just eviscerated Bobby Riggs. Oh, yeah. Bobby Riggs. It. That thing was huge. I remember. Yeah. I mean, I was a baby, a little child then, but it, I even remember it. Still it still holds a record for the larger, largest ever audience to watch a live oh, yeah. match in the United yeah. States. Yeah. And like everybody drinking martinis and, and all the. <laughs> <laughs> and the dads are like, this woman's not going to do anything. Go make me a sandwich, Beatrice. And then Beatrice goes in and makes a sandwich. She's like, come on, woman, give me sandwiches. And, she, and then. And then, and then, and then <laughs> she wins. And then Beatrice is like, "Screw you, make your See? damn sandwich! See? I can do anything I want." And then ERA, and then a bunch of incels. You're making this. And oh, then, I was gonna say you're making this sound like it's a bad thing. No, right? this is yeah. what led to incels today. Okay, where wow. insecure so that, men. That's where you mm-hmm. took it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Insecure. Bobby men, Riggs specifically led to incels. Bobby Riggs was like the king of insecure men back then. Actually, he was just an opportunist. He really didn't hate one. He made, made a lot of money off uh, of it. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a, like, oh, sure, I'll do it. Don't but, think uh, he really cared either way. But it's just so funny. I mean, still today, like, you know. It's, it's a big thing, is, yeah. yeah. I mean, still today, these guys are just like, women shouldn't be blue and yeah, in sports. I know. I know. It's, it's just so dumb. silly. And that's like what? Like that was 50, almost, almost 50, 50 years ago. Years ago yeah. Yeah. Jeepers creeps. Yeah. June 30th, a very long total solar eclipse occurs. During the entire second millennium, only seven total solar eclipses exceeding seven minutes of totality Do you know happened. what the scariest part of that eclipse was? Because I was alive. Yeah. Is that you were alive? No. <laughs> but you know what the scariest what? part? It, was, it wasn't just an eclipse. It was a total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> Ah, I don't know why I ask. Oh, baby. Uh, oh, man. November 17th, the Watergate scandal is coming to a head. Uh, in Orlando, Florida, U.S. President Richard Nixon tells 400 Associated Press Managing Editors. I'm not a crook. Yeah, you didn't even have to look. You knew no, exactly what You know, I blame this all on. Oh, you know what I blame it on? 
I mean, even all the peanuts, those blockheads. Yeah. Those blockheads in Congress, rats. <laughs> this is exactly what this is. We're going to play part of a, one of his uh, lost recordings. It was part of the 18 and a half minutes yeah. that was gone. It was missing. Here, Called the very blockheads a lot. Yeah. So uh, then... hey, Alderman, uh, those blockheads in Congress, I don't want the rats. What are you doing with that football? I want to kick it. I want to kick that football, Halderman. I want to kick it. Good grief, what are you doing, Halderman? You took the ball away from me. Just like Congress. Three days later, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving premieres on CBS. That was a world exclusive, by the way. Nobody's heard that tape before. It's great. It's good. You didn't oh, even yeah. sound like himself. You didn't you... even sound like no, Nixon at that point. He was so drunk and wasted away. So, uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, I was a little surprised when we started researching this, and it was in 1973. I thought it was one of those from the 60s, yeah. but it was not. Yeah. So, well, you know, yeah. end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s, like, like any decade kind of flows, like the end and the beginning are kind of the same sure, thing. Sure, sure. Like a and lot it, of the beginning of the 80s feels like the 70s. Yeah, and blah, yeah. Blah, blah. And, it, and it wasn't, I mean, there were there were specials, TV, Peanuts TV specials happening like twice a year. Right. They weren't all holiday specials. I mean, they all had at least the, the three that we watched. The main three, the top yeah. three, the triumvirate. The ones that are actually literally were played every year yeah. for 50 years. Uh, that I remember watching every year, yep. looking forward to. All were in tone very similar. Yes. You know, they really yes. captured, much more than any other kind of adaptation, it really captured the, the feel of those comics. Yeah. It, it wasn't yes. like, you know, Teenage Mutant. All this stuff is good. Mutant Ninja Turtles, sure. Master of the Universe, sure. whatever you want to do. But they were all toys and stuff, and they didn't really have a soul. But this, They were commercials. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm not from New York. I'm not from New Jersey. I don't know why that accent comes out in me. I must be possessed by, I don't know, the, the Jersey Devil. Some, yeah, by the Jersey Devil. <laughs> I mean, they all capture the, the, the feeling and the philosophy of mm-hmm. the, the Peanuts. I mean, it's ironic that Peanuts became probably the most overly commercialized uh, thing ever insane. created. Yeah. When, you know, the beginnings, it was just this kind of philosophical musing about. Right. Religion and and life yeah, and, and existence and yeah society yeah and, and, and things it was and a, it was just, commentary yeah, just told through these innocent kids in a very subtle way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and 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 uh, Mendelssohn and uh, you know the guys Melendez, Melendez yeah. you know they really worked with Schultz to capture that. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, Penis the Comic Strip, it debuted in 1950. I'm not going to go deep into it, because eventually we're going to do a, a deep dive into yeah. Peanuts. But just uh, to know, it was so different in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. They looked different. They were a lot cooler. They oh, I thought like, they looked so much better. Yeah, because they looked like like five-year-olds. They were like tiny little and bodies, were, big little heads. Yeah, yeah, their heads big were... Big little heads. That was an oxymoron. They did. Well, it's true. I'm an oxymoron. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just... And it was very, like... Super deep, and it was really dark. It was like a, yeah, it went to yeah. dark, not like, but but comically dark. It was a, it was yeah, like dark yeah. humor. The the very first strip, which debuted in nineteen fifty, it had it was three panels, and the first was Shermie and somebody else sitting on a on a curb. It was either Patty or Violet, or it, it was a girl, yeah. yeah. And and essentially, Shermie goes, it, you see Charlie Brown coming, and he's like, oh oh, here comes Charlie Brown. And the second panel is good old Charlie Brown, and good then the third Charlie third Brown. panel is Shermie going, oh how I hate him. <laughs> yeah, so it's so true, but it's just like that. It was an unspoken thing. I mean, it's, that's every neighborhood, every suburbia. <laughs> He's like, hey, Todd. Yeah, yeah. I was like, God's going. Exactly. I love Todd. Todd's such a son of a bitch. I wish you would move out. <laughs> 
This actually goes in, and we'll talk about more in the Stepdad show, but it goes in very well with my Thanksgivings I had. Yeah, but brilliant. And the brilliant. car ride home. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you only know Peanuts from the specials or from the myriad of insurance commercials and, uh, and mutual billion and, different products they're yeah, hawking now, yeah. you don't know. You don't know the peanuts. Yeah. Look at the 50 strips if you really want to see something groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking. Nothing had ever been huge. done like it. It was huge. Nothing. Yeah. The fact that it was it was pop and the fact that it got as popular as it did was is insane. Uh by the 60s it was a huge worldwide phenomenon. Yes. It was, it was in almost 2000 newspapers. People are smarter at least they were. I don't think we are anymore, but people were smarter than they gave them credit for and, and yeah. thirsting for something more Deep, something more yeah. interesting than just yeah. you know high and lowest, or or, or, or you know circus, yeah, or whatever <laughs> was, around was around back then. The time yeah, it was then, probably yeah. uh, you know, Rex Morgan, MD, Rex- and <laughs> and Dagwood and Blondie. You know, no, it's like yeah. uh, something deeper than eating a giant sandwich, or yeah. or, yeah. or a- Andy Cap, something deeper than beating your wife. <laughs> what a, oof, don't get me started on old Andy Katz. So in 1963, television producer Lee Mendelson had an idea for a documentary on Peanuts' success, so he called Schultz up to propose the idea. Mm-hmm. Oh. Charles Schultz was an avid baseball fan, and he recognized Mendelssohn from his documentary on Willie Mays and invited him to his home in Sebastopol, California, which is somewhere between here and San Diego. Uh, they planned to produce a half-hour documentary about the creation of Peanuts— Mendelssohn wanted to feature roughly one or two minutes of animation, and Schultz suggested animator Bill Melendez. How did he know Melendez? Uh, He collaborated with him some years before on a spot for the Ford Motor Company. They they did a commercial together. For the Peanuts? No. It was, like I think the it was, <laughs> I think it was something else. Oh. I think it was a, a separate sure, thing. Sure, sure. Because Schultz was a writer and, you know. Right. He did other things besides the Peanuts yes. earlier in his career. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mendelssohn later stated that he was drawn to doing an animated Charlie Brown after working on a man named Mays, noting that Mays was arguably the best baseball player of all time, while Charlie Brown, in a running gag in the strips, was one of the worst, making yeah. him a natural follow-up subject to his previous work. Man, Charlie Brown is such a bad baseball player. That, and he's a pitcher, too, by the way. Oh, was he? Yeah, he's a pitcher. I thought he played now. Pitcher, pitcher. Oh, okay. Belly, belly itcher. Oh, yeah. And uh, got a belly itcher. <laughs> but every time he would throw the ball or pitch the ball, it would get hit. But it would get yeah. hit right at him and knock all of his clothes off, except his underpants. But everything else. And then somebody would come. Maybe it was Lucy or maybe it was Schroeder. But they'd come and they'd collect all of his clothes and be, hey, Blockhead, here are your clothes. You're the worst. <laughs> he was the manager and the pitcher Oh, yeah. of the worst baseball team. Yeah, it's funny comics. how they, they pooped on him all the time, yet he was always the one in charge. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah. You know, it's like it's – the person who is in charge always gets pooped on, yeah. and they have to do everything, and then nobody realizes how tough it is. And if they don't do it right away because they expect you to do it right away, then you're called a blockhead. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. You know how many times a day I'm called a blockhead? Good just, grief. Just by me? Yeah. <laughs> Despite the popularity of the strip and acclaim from advertisers, networks were not interested in the special, and it was never aired. No, I don't think so. Eventually, I don't think people like documentaries. Yeah, it's a little weird because I, 
I mean, I get it, I guess. Like, it's a one-off thing. I, I don't know if a TV station would be like, yeah, let's do this. It's weird. I mean, they had mutual, oh, uh, you know, yeah. wildlife shows, and they had documentaries yeah, yeah. and stuff all the time. And, I, and this guy is super popular, and the strip is super popular. It's just I mean, weird. It's, you're literally getting handed a finished product. Like, where just was air it. Where was somebody's daughter or granddaughter I, to convince that executive? Well, I would nobody, like it, granddaddy. Nobody, well, okay, well, then I'll put it on CBS. This was 1963. The, the execs then didn't have kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, they weren't allowed to. <laughs> uh, it was eventually released on DVD in 2005. They did, in 1969, there was a, a movie, a documentary movie, and they did use some of that footage for it. Oh. Uh, but it wasn't aired, or it wasn't released fully until 2005, mm. uh, 50 years later. In April 1965. That was to protect the people that were still alive. They <laughs> had to wait until everybody was dead to release it with all the steamy secrets and yeah, dirty oh, yeah. backstabbing. <laughs> And switcheroo double doos. Yep. Switcheroo double doos. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, in April 1965, Time featured the Peanuts gang on its magazine cover, and John Allen of the New York-based McCann Erickson Agency noticed and called Mendelssohn. Uh, Mendelssohn assumed he was going to sell his documentary and just agreed to whatever. He was like, yeah, let's do this. Uh, and, uh, uh, sorry, John Allen wanted an animated half-hour Peanuts Christmas special. What? I thought you wanted my documentary. Yeah, I. which, I mean, I'm guessing he probably sold it as a package, uh, which is probably why he never saw the light of day. Uh, <laughs> the Coca-Cola company was looking for a special to sponsor during the holiday season, which is, I think, believe how John Allen got involved. Right. Uh, John Allen said... The bad news is that today is Wednesday, and they'll need an outline in Atlanta by Monday. Uh, Atlanta, because that is where the Coca-Cola headquarters is. Yes. Uh, so Schultz and Mendelssohn sat down, and they came up with an outline for the Coca-Cola executives in less than one day. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the most complicated thing nothing ever. happens. Yeah. <laughs> half of it is just <laughs> cribbing from the Bible. Well, and the other half is them just playing songs and dancing. <laughs> yes. For walking. <laughs> Or just, yeah. The bulk of the ideas came from Schultz, who, who uh, Mendelssohn said I, his ideas flowed nonstop. Oh, yeah. Uh, according to Mendelssohn, their pitch to Coca-Cola consisted of... What are scenes, a school play, a scene to be read from the Bible, and a soundtrack combining jazz and traditional music? The outline... Oh, now! <laughs> the outline did not change over the course of the production. Because they were lazy. Yeah. They, didn't, they were just lazy guys. This is what you're getting, what you're getting. <laughs> Uh, Coca-Cola bought the pitch but wanted an hour's worth of animation to be done for an early December broadcast, which only gave them six months to write and produce the entire special. We need more commercials. It needs to be an hour. If it's not an hour, we can't sell as many Coca-Colas. And if we don't sell many Coca-Colas, then, well, I can't support my second family that I have in Ohio. <laughs> bad, bad choice to have a second family. Although no one will know they're there because no one goes to Ohio. Exactly. It's genius. Okay. That's why I run Coca-Cola. Bill Melendez managed to talk them down to a half hour rather than an hour because, as he says, it just scared him to do an entire hour. That's a lot. He was like, there's no way we can get that done in six months. Especially with their chintzy outline. (sighs) How are we going to stretch this to an hour? Well, we have to do a winter scene. I'll have to walk some more. Maybe some dancing. That'll give us another five minutes, but... Let's add in, add in some more jokes of them shitting all over Charlie Brown. Anything else from the Bible? What about the Quran? Is there anything in the Quran about Jesus? Uh, the Torah? Christmas, yeah. Can we do this? Who? The let's Torah. read the Santa Claus the story. Give an opposing point of view. Uh, he actually, Bill Melendez actually called Bill Hanna of yes. Hanna-Barbera for advice. What an ass. And Hanna, uh, Bill Hanna said, yeah, no, I'm not going to give you any. Nope. 
Here's my advice. F you. That's my <laughs> advice to you, buddy. Now, if you don't, if you excuse me, I've got to go do some Scooby-Doo. <laughs> CBS gave it a budget of $76,000 to produce the show. It did manage to go $20,000 over budget. Oh, that's kind of quaint. Yeah, I know. I know. There are 13 thousand drawings in the special 12 frames per second to Good create Lord. the illusion of movement and this is before this like, is all anim- hand yeah, drawn this isn't you know computer animal well, of course it's not computer animation but yeah. it's also it, they don't have these factories of they people in singapore farming out to yeah, asia these, yeah you know these are like probably you know 10 20 guys you know just yeah doing non-stop as fast as they can they actually managed to do the entire 25 minutes in four months was, That's pretty uh, incredible. 12,000 drawings in four months. Do the math. It's a lot. That's Do the math. How many a day? 3,000. That's like uh, about 100 drawings a day. Yep. One guy. Rick. One guy. <laughs> Rick Buds. Rick Budson was his name. Budson? He lost both hands. He had the most insane carpal tunnel. Before or afterwards? After? Oh, okay. Well, during. Because of. Yes. If you okay. look at one of the scenes, it's a little jaggedy because he had to use his mouth to draw... <laughs> <laughs> the, the final few scenes of the peanuts because he he was a hero, he, but he, he was, was he ended up being a communist. Oh, yeah. all right, he got well, blackballed. Nah. Uh, Vince Guaraldi did the music for the documentary and returned to write music for the Christmas special. Oh man, so so brilliant. Still, I think my two favorite animated soundtracks are "Stuff to the Peanuts." Because mm-hmm. it's so iconic and yeah. just such a jazzy, free, fun little way. Especially when they're all dancing and their little moves. But the other one is Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's got a yeah. great soundtrack, too. Yeah. They're both jazzy. Maybe yeah, I just yeah. like jazz. Maybe you like jazz. I'm a jazzy guy. <laughs> uh, the, the, the irony is that everyone, um, everyone looks at the... They think of it as the Peanuts theme, mm-hmm. uh, the one that everybody knows. Yeah. And it's actually called Linus and Lucy. It is. it was the very first thing that was in it, and yeah. it was Linus and Lucy talking to each the other. The reason why I know that is there was a brief time in the 80s where I was really into kind of contemporary jazz, you know, like uh, Dave, Dave Brubeck, but Dave Brubeck was old school. But uh, I can't even remember something. Like, like, like Michael Bolton? No, no, no. But stuff that was like on the wave. The, okay. Remember that? The wave. It was just totally <laughs> cheesy, light jazz kind yeah. of stuff. But I had these like light jazzy CDs, and every one of them had a rendition of Linus. Oh, and Lucy. Of course, of course, yeah. So in the weeks preceding the premiere, Mendelssohn encountered trouble finding a lyricist for Garaldi's instrumental intro. And penned Christmas time is here in about 15 minutes on the back of an envelope. Yeah, drunk. I mean, come on. <laughs> Christmas time. I need something. I need something. Full of love and cheer. Yeah, it's not a very complicated something, song. Something, 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 here. <laughs> That's actually exactly what he wrote down. <laughs> We'll fill in the blanks we'll later. Just, just riff. Just riff. It's it was fine. on a napkin. It was, in, You know it was a bar napkin. It was an envelope. It was the back of an envelope. Oh, okay. It's that probably was... a cash envelope, if you know what I mean. Uh, oh, I don't. <laughs> Please explain. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the, special, the special was completed just 10 days before it aired. 
Nice. They really cut cut down to the bone there. Uh, despite the animators and network executives not being happy with the final product, the special was a huge success. Apparently, I'm not happy with it. Apparently, according to Lee Mendelson, they Lee is that his name? Mendelson. According to Mendelson, they sat and watched it, and everyone except for one guy was like, "What the hell did we just do?" Like they were horrified. The one it. guy got fired immediately. Oh, I like it. I well, think the it's one kind guy, of the one guy literally was like one animator was like, "What are you talking about? This is going to air for a hundred years." <laughs> yeah, and and they were right. like, "Take him outside." Yes, they could shoot them back then. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Give but his family a ham. They were they were because hor- they, they thought it was slow, and they were like, "Oh, this did not come together the way that we thought it was going to." It's, it's they're it, not wrong. No, it is. But <laughs> it, there's something about it. The thing that works about it, and the reason why it does play, it's going to play for a hundred years. Yeah. Is because you can enjoy it on two levels. You can, as a child, it's just animation and dancing, and you know, a little t- story about yeah. putting on a show and getting a tree show that never gets done, by the way. And who are they doing the show for? I've got a lot of questions, but <laughs> we, we will in the second <laughs> half. We will get into these questions. But uh, um, you know, not a lot. But you you enjoy it as a kid. But as you watch it as an adult, there's a lot of. It's not. Double entendre or anything no, salacious, no, but no. it's there's an, a, a way to see philosophically the adult conversations that these children are having, right? And right. how all the characters kind of represent different religions or yeah. philosophies. Well, and the, the fact that they immediately go into like it, Christmas being so commercial, and yeah, talking about this the Eastern Syndicate <laughs> has and taken it, over Christmas. They cut this scene where it's just Charlie Brown, and he's using really colorful language. And he's just going off on the Coca Cola company, <laughs> and uh, and for some reason they just wouldn't air it. I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Being sponsored by Coca Cola. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe that was it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but it was like eh, Coca Cola. And he was the thing that he was railing about that he was so mad about is that they took the cocaine yeah. out of Coca Cola, and he's like, "Why do you call it Coke?" <laughs> Just, if there's no cocaine, screaming. About yeah, it. and he's he doesn't even sound like him because it was actually. What happened was the guy that was directing the kids, yeah. he was on mic, and he went ah. on this whole thing because he was out of Coke, and he went on this whole thing about Coca-Cola and cocaine, and the animators were just so tired that they animated it, put it in the special, and you know, and Coca-Cola was furious. <laughs> there actually is some Mandela effect that goes on. I think it's, it's – is it the Christmas special that he, he – they're trying to hit the cans with the rocks? Or is that? I think it might be the the Halloween special. But Linus uses his yeah. his blanket, and then he flings the rocket and hits the can. Yeah, people were convinced that those were Coke cans, even though they never were. No, but people were convinced of this, and they, they thought that it had been changed after Coca Cola was no longer. It just shows yeah. how mealy and <laughs> impressionable we are. Because somebody's it's like, true. "It was remember them Coke cans? No, no. come no. on, they were Coke cans. I mean, they, they were sponsored by Coke." Oh, okay. Yeah, Coke cans. Hey, Ricky, remember them Coke cans? What Coke cans? And the peanuts? Ah, I don't want no Coke cans. Come on, there are Coke cans. All right, Coke cans. And then everybody's like Coke cans. I hate, I hate people, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Thanksgiving time. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> thankful that I live without millions of people. Yes. Uh, so the show originally aired on CBS. It ran every year on CBS until the year 2000. And then it ran on ABC until 2018 before moving to Apple TV Plus and PBS with It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, and plus a couple others. There's an Easter special and 
Oh yeah, and they were. It's it's funny because the Easter special I thought was much later, but it was in the seventies as well. Yeah, yeah. And same with the Valentines. Uh, was there was actually a few Valentine specials. They they had like three of them. It was very yeah. odd. Um, he was Charlie, a lover that Charlie, Charlie Brown, Brown kept falling in love. Well, the little red haired girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the whole deal with uh, Apple TV Plus is. Can that, I just say real quick? Yeah. With the CBS thing, like that's the thing. Every year, that is what started. Yeah. The holiday season was watching. Well, first, it, the the peanuts started the holiday season first with you know you'd watch the Halloween and then you go the Thanksgiving pumpkin, yeah. and then finally the Christmas, which you know that would start off the whole. Oh my God, man! As a kid, the holidays were so great because you had so many primetime cartoons. Mm-hmm. You had all those great Rankin and Bass, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, claymation weird things. Oh man, I can't wait till we talk about all that stuff. Oh. It was uh, it's it's actually really believed that a Charlie Brown Christmas started that whole half hour holiday special craze because well, then, yeah. it did so well. The, but the I love it. The executives uh, and this came from Mendelssohn as well. The executives hated it and they were like, "Okay, look, we're going to air it anyway because we have it. We already paid for it. We're going to air it." Aired it. They, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the next that night it got a 49 share meaning that 49% of people watching tv were watching the special it's so insane the number 49% literally half the country that was watching tv was watching it yeah. the other half was watching the other channel yeah cuz yeah. there was not a lot of choice I know, back I know. then but still yeah i mean that's still you're capturing half of the country of tv owning yeah. country and most of the country owned tvs by then yeah oh yeah yeah they were they were very popular by that point, uh, and they called up uh, Mendelssohn the next day and ordered four more specials. Even though the executive had to get in a little little jab, saying, "Yeah, my aunt watched it in New Jersey and she hated it too." Well, you know what? Tell your aunt to go f herself. <laughs> your aunt didn't get a forty nine <laughs> share, so yeah. When you're buying your aunt something nice for Christmas because this special <laughs> just made you a billion dollars, why don't you tell her to stick it up a patoot? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas special won an Emmy and a Peabody Award. Uh, it led to It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, in 1966, yeah. uh, which was the third special they did. There was one in the spring that it was totally unrelated, uh, but it, it was another one of those. They did a lot of those, too. Like, eventually, they had one about cancer. Um, yeah. Why, Charlie yeah, Brown, yeah. why? It was super deep, but they actually used that to... to for kids that like are well, are yeah, because the cancer. the the peanuts just like the Muppets, the peanuts are so ingrained in our culture that using them to explain something, you know how like on Sesame Street they'll always have a new puppet come in to, to talk about adoption or yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah, uh, you know being transgender, whatever it is, yeah. you know they'll 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 gently and and smartly broach whatever subject, yes, yes. and that's that's what Charles Schultz did. Yeah. He did that in his. Comic strip. He did that in the specials. Like he, he was very good at, at handling very serious topics in in a way that kids can understand. Well, yeah, because I the stuff that I was drawn to mostly, and this is you know as I get older, would be like Bloom County, Calvin yeah. and Hobbes, yeah, which are definite offshoots of yeah. the Peanuts because it's still that kind of philosophical. It's gags. It's the greatest thing is is smart humor. Disguised as dumb humor. Yes. Like South yes. Park or, or Conan O'Brien. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, or, 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 or... Conan's good at that, yeah. Like, he, he comes off as, as... Or the Simpsons. They make themselves look dumb. Yeah, yeah. And, but they're not. It's, yeah. it's very smart. It's just... And the, one of the best ways to... Best way, 
And one of the most effective ways of doing that is through animation. That's why, you know, I said right. South Park, and that's why I said, you know, yeah. Peanuts, and that's why you see well, I mean, all these, uh, Big like, Mouth, you know, all these cartoons coming Big out Mouth today. Uh, and then you have the ones that are just dumb, like... Yeah. like <laughs> Family Guy. Family Guy. Bob's Burgers. Which Bob's has Burgers no is... underlying. Bob's Burgers always has a heart, though. Bob's Burgers is sweet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's smart. No. But it's, it's not, not dumb. It's not trying to be philosophical. No, it's, it's just not. a family. It's just yeah. a very normal family. Sure. Family. Sure. Fun. Anyway. But, but, not, but South Park definitely is the best example of this right. in, in our current era. And the South Park is basically foul-mouthed peanuts. Yeah. Is yeah. all it is. Yeah. You know, the animation style, everything is very similar to the Peanuts. And the kids have the same, you know, the at, at least at the beginning, you know, when South Park came out, there wasn't a lot of stuff for the parents. And, you know, so right, was, right. Uh, yeah, I just, there's a reason why people are like, oh, well, I can't create this, blah, blah, blah. There's a reason art is so complicated and, the, and, and lightning in a bottle is so difficult because it's really hard to find that balance. And it's really hard to find something so palpable something so palatable mm-hmm. to deliver whatever message you are. And if you f- have a vessel that's so awesome and a message that's really cool and somehow mixes together in something funny and great, well, boom, you got the peanuts. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown also aired every year on TV until 2018 and before it goes out. Uh, one of the things that I really I had forgotten about was uh, Charlie Brown getting the rock. Yeah, okay. I trick-or-treated a lot as a child. Yeah. I got some weird stuff. I got a, we, As we talked about, I got a razor blade yeah. apple. Yeah, an apple, yeah. Pennies, sometimes you'd get pennies. Yeah, yeah. I never got a rock. And here's, no, the, here's, no. here's the thing. Somebody, not just one person, by three, the way. In three. The well, three that we know of. Yeah, yeah. I, he probably just stopped commenting on the rocks after the third one. <laughs> I got a rock. Just... just Wrapped his hand around the end of that bag full of rocks and just took it and beat the crap out of everybody's car who gave him a rock. That's what I would have done. No, uh, but yeah, who went out? Well, better get some rocks for that for that brown kid, that blockhead. Yeah, for that old blockhead. Hey, hey, Johnny, why don't you come with me? Hey, hey, Bob, Johnny, why don't we get some rocks to give to that Charlie <laughs> Brown kid? He's such a blockhead. I mean, come on, man, that's just mean. Yeah, it's, it's like they're part of the. And it doesn't we, make any sense. We hate Charlie Brown Club. Who the hell has rocks laying around their house? I also want to point out that of the three specials, that's the only time that adults are present, and they're just being assholes. Now, at the time, I believe that the pet rock was a big fad, so maybe they were just giving him pet rocks. Maybe he just had a whole I, rock zoo. I'm pretty sure it was after this that yeah. the pet rock thing. This is why. I think it was the late 60s, yeah. This gave birth to the pet rock. <laughs> so Charles Schultz only wanted Charlie Brown to get a rock at one house, but Bill Melinda suggested it happened three times. Lee Mendelssohn disagreed, but he was overruled by the other two. Because he was like, hey, comedy comes in threes. <laughs> Don't you know the rules of comedy? If we do one rock, it's not too funny. If we do two rocks, it's dumb. If we do three rocks, it's genius. Comedy. Oh, the threes. <laughs> After the program aired, bags and boxes of candy came in from all over the world just for Charlie Brown because they felt so bad for him. Human beings were compassionate and sweet once upon a time. And they would do things for other people and weren't selfish pigs that just did nothing for anyone but themselves. <laughs> Wow. They sent right. bags yeah. of candy to an imaginary to an, an animated, animated yeah. boy because he got rocks. Yeah. Somebody took the time to purchase candy, put it in a box, label that box, 
do the research to find out where to send the box yeah, first yeah, of all yeah. there's no internet back then so no, they had to no. somehow go to the you registrar or call somebody or, and you know, something, get in, yeah, yeah go, uh, rochester 245 <laughs> um and put it in a box pay the money to send the candy that's a lot of effort yeah to just yeah. be nice to something that doesn't exist and we can't bother to be nice to people that actually exist today yeah yeah to f you humanity real. Let's right, go I'll... back to peanuts. Look, it's not. It wasn't a great time for everybody back then. I'm not wistful <laughs> for the '60s. Not wistful for that type of. You don't want to make whatever. America great again. Good lord, no. <laughs> but I do miss civility and compassion. P- yes, you know. Yes, good old CNC, and not just the drink or the com- music factory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, let's take a quick break, and then we'll we'll finish talking about Great Pumpkin and talk about our Thanksgiving special. Hey there. Colonel Wilma Deering uh, from Beck Rogers in the 25th century here. Hey, whenever I travel back to the future, <laughs> uh, I always come back and listen to the Gen X Files with Jim and Adam, uh, now on Spotify, because it's the best thing in all the history. Hey! New episodes every Friday. All celebrity voices are poorly impersonated. So the Great Pumpkin, uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, which I keep, I keep putting it's a Great Pumpkin, which is not correct. Oh, it's the, the Great Pumpkin. There's only one know. Great Pumpkin, Adam. Well, as far as we know, no. he doesn't actually show up. Well, yeah, you don't know that he did. That was the thing, too. I always, it was so funny how there was a, a thing for children back then where there was something that just you would, that a character would never achieve that was so frustrating. Yeah. Him never hitting the football. Frustrating. Yeah. yeah. I always wanted the great pumpkin to come right. to prove Linus right. Yeah. You know, but it would never. Snuffleupagus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm Snuffleupagus. It was so frustrating that only Big Bird could see Snuffleupagus, and he'd be like, he was just here. He was just here. And everybody's like, you're crazy, Big Bird. There ain't no Snuffleupagus. You're just your man. And then to the point where they finally had to be like, Snuffle up because it's real. We're going to introduce him to all the yeah, parents because yeah. people, kids like me were just going insane being like, it was real. That kind of stuff I think was very detrimental to our childhood. Yeah. Was that yeah. unfulfilled, unrealized. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why Gen X is just fine with things, whatever, because we never got any sort of closure or any Actual. sort of like. Uh, reward satisfaction, yeah, satisfaction from these long running gags. So we're just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just cracked the cool, baby. <laughs> so uh, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, was nominated for an Emmy. Uh, there were six more specials after it before the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special that aired in uh, 1973. Can I say one more thing about the, mm-hmm. the – it's a – It's the – Great Pumpkin Charlie it's Brown. It's the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> Can I say one thing about it? Jim. the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown? Yeah. When I was a little kid – I love the little candies that they got, like the little boxes and the little things that dropped in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I loved animated candy, and I was like, oh, I want some animated candy, but I never got it. It was animated. Yeah. I mean, it's impressive that they handed out little boxes of candy. Yeah. I'm going to be like, what'd you get? I got some gum. I got a candy bar. I got some pennies. I got a rock. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving aired every year until 1989. Uh, it for some reason didn't air in eighty two, eighty three, and eighty eight, and I don't know why, but I'm going to blame Ronald Reagan. Sure, he it was pretty much the cause of everything bad that's happened in this country since nineteen eighty. Yes, 
Uh, Nickelodeon picked it up and ran it during the 90s until ABC picked it up in 2001. And then ABC ran it every year, multiple times during the week leading up to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which is funny because that's how I remember it airing. Really? It was multiple times. Apparently it did not. No. You know, when, when I was growing up, those specials aired once. Yeah. You missed yeah. them, you missed them, so you had to be home. You had to watch it, yeah. And be like, and my parents went out to dinner all the time, and, and they were so not conscious of my needs of television. <laughs> and I'd be like, it's going to start. We're going to miss We're going to miss Christmas special. It's going to start. It's going to start. In it's 20 minutes. You never got to check. We're going to take 10 minutes. Would you? They're like, calm down. We'll get home. Can I get another seven and seven? Oh, no. <laughs> another drink. <laughs> we got this. It's. It's been 15 minutes. It's the pressure, the, the, the feeling of missing something for a year. You don't understand yeah. Yeah, the, the you terror. Can't, you, can't just, you can't just call it up whenever you want on the streaming no, service. You can't tape it. It's not on your DVR. <laughs> so over 30 specials have been created since 1965. Uh, all of them were, the music was done by Vince Guaraldi until he died in 1975. Did they do It's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown? No. Are you no, sure? There was an Am Earth, I remembering No, there wrong? was an Earth Day one they did. I'm pretty sure there's an Earth Day one. Okay. But it, I'm remembering Arbor Day. I don't think they had an it's they were Arbor running Day, out of Charlie specials. Brown. It's Armistice Day, Charlie Brown. <laughs> uh, it's Holocaust Remembrance Day, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Why, Charlie Brown? Why? Yes. Uh, all in all, the Penis franchise has earned Charles Schultz close to one. Did you say the Peanuts or the Penis franchise? Because it sounded like you said the Penis the franchise. Peanuts franchise. Okay. I just want to make sure because it sounded like Penis just came out of your mouth. All in all, <laughs> the Peanuts franchise earned Charles Schultz close to $1 billion during its 50 years. Oh, yeah. yeah there it, has never been anything hoard out like the Peanuts. <laughs> Whoever was in charge of marketing yeah. was a greedy MFer, man. Well, then he, he made a ton of money. But I, it didn't. The thing about that is it didn't infect the product. Like, yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown could sell insurance, you know, or anything, whatever. Yeah. But it didn't. It didn't go into the strips. It didn't go into the no. specials. You know, no. there was no product tie-in. He wasn't wearing no. Skechers. You know, <laughs> they, they, weren't, they weren't hitting Coke cans. You know, they weren't hitting Coke cans. So it didn't. It didn't. It's just very interesting that the brand didn't suffer from so much overexposure in advertising. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I loved the Peanuts, man. Yeah. I loved yeah. them. I didn't have a teddy bear. I had a Snoopy. Yeah. You know, that I that when I was a little kid. It's just that somehow burned into my brain. I think also because I learned about death and stuff at an early age, it kind right. of spoke to me darker things. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I got a hold of one of the earlier books, and it just was like, huh, this is pretty fascinating. These are kind of my feelings. I really love my – I think my favorite scene in the, the Thanksgiving special is um, the – him making – Snoopy making the all the feast. Oh, yeah, man. And I always here's, – here's something. I, I think – because as I got older, I didn't spend – Thanksgiving has never been a holiday, a family holiday for me. Yeah. I've never yeah. – since probably 13 or 14, I've spent Thanksgiving someplace else. Not, yeah. No offense to my family. They're great. But uh, I think the reason is because it's Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Because 
just the thought of eating toast and jelly beans and pretzels and and, and those cool looking aperitifs or sundays or like the parfaits or whatever parfaits probably yeah um yeah i just thought that was great so i think getting together with friends seemed like so much more fun than hanging out with your family that that just became what i wanted and I, i think there's a lot of people that that probably had that same sentiment yeah, yeah. I mean, I I definitely have spent more Thanksgivings away from my family mm-hmm. than I have with my family, um, and not and usually just because I'd be traveling or or whatever. But uh, but yeah, it's like this is this is the time when Charlie Brown is thankful for. I'm sure he's thankful for his family. I mean, his sister's there, but like, <laughs> I don't think Charlie Brown's thankful for much. <laughs> he's just like so depressed. It was just very odd that I mean, did the. The parents just leave? They went, and then they were no, supposed okay. to catch okay. Here's up? what happened. So <laughs> so there was going to – Charlie and uh, Sally, his yeah. little sis, were going to go to Grandma's house later. They were going to get picked up because they were at home for some reason. Right. And the parents were there for some reason. Or maybe the parents were still at home. There's not really any explanation. I mean, they're never shown. I mean, they so end up like getting into a station wagon at the end of going to Grandma's Somebody house. takes them to Grandma's house. Well, I mean, the whole plan was to do – it was the you know classic switcheroo double do. They were going to have the fake Thanksgiving, and then right. they were going to go to the real Thanksgiving. Right. You know, with the parents later because Peppermint Patty. Hey uh, Chuck, what you doing, Chuck? Gonna come over? Hey. I'm gonna come over for Thanksgiving, Chuck. Hey, remember that kid Marcy? She's a good kid. I'm gonna invite her too, Chuck. Wait, um, hold on. I can yeah. yeah, Chuck. He's coming, Chuck. Hey, I got this kid Franklin. He's a good kid, Chuck. He's coming too, Chuck. That's cool, right, Chuck? I, I, okay, Chuck. See you then. So, you know, he's got roped into this thing by Peppermint Patty. Peppermint Patty, who, after they get there, is the only one to complain about the food. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's, but she, I mean, you know, she finds the air in her ways, but she's such a bore. She's so boorish, (laughs) you know? Franklin, also, Franklin's the only person who's not mean to Charlie Brown. Yeah, in fact, that is a a genuine fact. Uh, During the entire run of the strip, he's the only character that was never rude to Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. Um... And so, yeah, she freaks out. Poor Snoopy, by the way. He's a dog <laughs> who made toast with butter with, with his like bird friend. 40 different toasters. Yeah, with every kind of toast. Where'd they get all those toasters? Did they just go I, and rip it off toasters from everybody? I mean, there's all the adults are somehow the reverse vampires. Just like uh, <laughs> Milhouse said on The Simpsons, they are reverse vampires. Sleep uh, during the day. And then, no, that's real. That's real. <laughs> so they're just vampires. They're just vampires. They mm. sleep during the day. Yeah. No, but it's, they get all these toasters. Snoopy does all this work for this impromptu Thanksgiving. That, that Literally the day of Thanksgiving, Peppermint Patty's like, hey, Chuck, we're all coming over, Chuck. Hey, let's and, get And, uh, you know, so he, <laughs> he gets there. She gets ticked. Snoopy feels like a jerk, cries, runs off. And then, luckily, Marcy's like, hey, sir. Don't you think you were kind of mean to Charlie? Oh, Charlie Brown storms off, too, because he feels yeah, like a jerk. He, yeah. And it's like, wow, I put all this stuff together. You know, Snoopy not only did not only does Snoopy make all the food, but Linus is like, get a table, Snoopy. Get some chairs, Snoopy. And he had to pull oh, this crap right. out of that totally crowded he, garage. And he fights the chair, yeah. He has that perfectly awesome, iconic chair fight. That's amazing. With the lounge chair. Um, want, sets the whole thing up. Drugs he was taking. Yeah, puts a puts a ties the corners down on the sheet on the ping pong table, gets a bunch of chairs, rocking chairs, puts it all around, does all the work, and Linus is like, "Yeah, it looks all right. Guess you did okay." 
It's like, F you. Now, Snoopy, go make the food, Snoopy. <laughs> you dumb dog. He's just a dumb dog. It's like, God, man, give yeah. Snoop some creds. Yeah, Snoopy's the coolest MF on the planet, man. He is. He is. He goes, he, he's good at everything. He's got that cool little house that is... One that of this oh, huge on oh, the inside. Baby. That's one thing I love too. <laughs> I love those like fake perspective things where you go into a tent and it's just this giant castle. Giant you know, huge, it's like yeah. that. That was a cool thing about the Harry Potter. I like yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the tent thing. But oh, Snoopy's doghouse. Sometimes now this might be my, me Mandeling this because I seem to remember like a couple of strips where you go inside of his doghouse oh. and there's like a high five. It's like this totally giant cool bachelor pad. Yeah, he pulls his costume trunk out of his house and right. and and proceeds to find not only a uh, pilgrim costume for himself and for a him. replica blunderboos <laughs> with a cork yeah. thing he finds a little one for his buddy Woodstock yeah and yeah. so they're dressed you know he dresses up for the occasion he puts it together yeah. no complaints yeah changes out of his his, his pilgrim thing to put on the chef's, chef's thing head, yeah. to make all the toast and stuff no complaints you know no, just going no. with the flowing Getting everything done. <laughs> and then Peppermint Patty, the boorish jerk, comes in and just poops all over the thing. Everybody then, else is having fun. After pissing off or making Charlie Brown sad, like, even at, at Marcy's, like, you should go talk to him. She's like, no. I no. can't do it, Marcy. You I'm do just going to make me. it worse. Yeah. You uh, know, I hate people like that, too. By uh, the way. People are like, it's just who I am. <laughs> you have to do it for me because I'm just, you know, you just, I can't, I'm not capable. It's just like, you know what? Fix yourself, damn it. I can't do change. Some you have to deal with me. Okay. Peppermint Pat is a child, so she gets a pass. Child's but if, ki- ch- child's <laughs> children child's? can be assholes, too. Yes, but I'm saying they're still children, so they get a pass because they don't really know any better. But if Peppermint Patty grows up and she's still a boorish jerk, inviting herself and Marcy Peppermint everywhere. Peppermint Patty was ignoring the lesson that Marcy was trying to teach her of true. going and talking to him and But she eventually did. Yes. Because uh, she, she had to be really a, as annoying for Chuck. a while first. Yeah, she's super annoying. She was a hard character for me. Like, yeah. I, I didn't hate her as much. In the comics, as I did in the specials, but she's just such a nudge. I I think it's because of the voice. I honestly, I love Marcy. Marcy's I really like great. Marcy. Peppermint Patty. I so I just in, love how Marcy calls Peppermint Patty sir. <laughs> hey sir, yes sir. <laughs> in the, it really. Actually, watching it again just now, I it made me wonder if Peppermint Patty definitely is a girl. Right? Yeah, you know how they know each other? How they play baseball against each other? Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. She was, uh, but she the, was like definitely the pitcher manager from the... Yes, of course she's a girl. Peppermint Patty. Look, I know... Patty, Patty's can be Patrick. Yes. Maybe. I knew some Patty's It is girl. not Peppermint Patrick. It was also voiced... Did you know Peppermint Patty? Did you know any... <laughs> Look, I'm not saying, hey, everything Peppermint goes. Peppermint Patrick. But do you know... Did you know any <laughs> Pats, male Pats that went as Patty? Speaking of SpongeBob, sorry, Peppermint Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Do I know any... I did know... Uh, do I know any what? Did you know any guys named Patrick that went as Patty? There was one dude, Patrick. His name was Patrick. He went by Patty. D. Yeah. P a d d y, which yes. is Irish, not P a t t y, which right. is a is is now Patricia. Hey man, yeah, you're absolutely right. Today, I. It could totally be questioned. Just, Today, let's no now, assumptions. Now, so here's the other here's the other thing. The voice in Peppermint Patty was voiced in the the. Thanksgiving special by a boy. She's a tomboy. It was by a boy. Now, right. Th- this is the interesting thing. I'm not trying to prove any points, <laughs> Jim. Conspiracy. Why do you have all these yarns <laughs> strips com- to the, all these the pictures? Interesting, of the interesting thing things. is that the guy, the kid that did Peppermint Patty 
And I looked it up because I was like, man, that's a really deep voiced girl. Yeah. And it was a boy, but his older sister had actually voiced it in the previous specials. Oh. And then he ended up uh, voicing because I, th- I think she got too old sure. and, and couldn't do it. So which he is weird. Girls' voices I, don't usually change. Which exactly, and like I don't I don't know if that was a choice. It was. It well, was they all odd. changed. I mean, yeah. you know, from sixty four well, to, to seventy three, yeah. and it's like ten years. When they when it first came out, when the Christmas special first came out, the kids that that played them became celebrities. Like, oh yeah, they were mobbed by well, their, the, the, the girl that played Lucy stuff. was actually a, a actress that. Mm-hmm. I other stuff. Yeah. The Thanksgiving special was the first one that the original Charlie Brown did not voice. Because oh. uh, I think by that point, he was like 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't going to work anymore. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Anyway, so she does yeah. apologize. And then he calls Grandma. And he's like, hey, Grandma. We hear the Grandma voice. Yeah. And that's such a brilliant thing, too. Whoever came up with the fact that the parents don't talk and they sound like trumpets. That was that was uh, Melendez. That was Bill Melendez. Melendez was smart. It's all uh, Vince Guaraldi. Like, it's all him and his trio doing... The, tr- the trumpets and the, the bell to do the wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Um, it was all done live. Or done live. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It was all done live. <laughs> no, it's just so cool. And so he calls up Grandma, and Grandma's like, bring them all over. Then they all get into the back of this station wagon and with no seat belts and, and no child seats or anything. Just throw them in the very back. They get in this horrible crash. <laughs> Everybody dies, except for Snoopy. He crawls out of the wreck. And this leads to the next why, special. Charlie Brown, why? Welcome to heaven, <laughs> yes. Charlie Brown. Well, <laughs> welcome to hell. Because he was a Lutheran. This, um, is, this is interesting, because this goes, this goes into, leads into Charles Schultz's view of religion. Can I just say, yes. real quickly, one of my favorite jokes, and it's so typical of the time, the ending of that special when they're singing over the hills through the dale to <laughs> grandma's house we go and then charlie brown's like eh, my grandmother lives in a condominium <laughs> oh so stupid but so great it was yeah it was it was funny that's charlie brown he's just a big old wet blanket yeah well yeah not always i mean he's trying to do good he's not a wet blanket he has wet blankets thrown upon him that is true you know that's true that guy has a, to go he is the epitome of optimism even though he is you know, depressed and put down and sad. Hated by everyone. <laughs> he's still looking to get Christmas cards. Yeah. He's still wanting to hang out with friends on Thanksgiving. He d- he, even though it's a huge pain in the ass, he does all that stuff for he's, Peppermint Patty yeah. because she wants to do it. And he he's loves like, being all right. the director of, of, the, the, of play. the Christmas play, yeah. even though nobody listens to him. He he takes the rocks and just and just takes it. He makes decisions based on his heart. And people, it's it is very anti-commercial, commercial. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially the Christmas special because he gets that little tree, and it's so weird. We were talking about we watched all the specials again before yeah, we did yeah. this, and it was so weird that all the trees were aluminum. Yeah, the, aluminum I, for you was, uh, this Europeans. Was, this bl- this blew my mind because. I had never heard of aluminum trees, aluminum yeah. trees before. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they were a huge craze oh, yeah. between 1960 and 65-ish. And they think that the Charlie Brown Christmas special was part of the reason that within two years of airing, <laughs> yeah. no one – They, were, they weren't guilty. even being manufactured. Right, because people were like, oh, oh, nice aluminum tree. Yeah. This, that, Did that, you see my little two-strip tree bang, bang. that I, that I yeah. rescued? Oh, man. It was. If it, anything else, the special was worth getting rid of those 
Horrible aluminum oh, trees. They were. Look at pictures. They are oh, no, terrible. No, no. I knew people that had well, see, I never carryover yeah. aluminum trees. Not just that. They were sharp. Yeah. It was yeah. dangerous, man. Yeah. It was like having a, a tree of swords. You know, if you have pets or children, it was it was Hospital <laughs> Stitches City, baby. Swords. Welcome to Christmas. It's the Battle Dome. <laughs> it's the it's the Tree of Thrones. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it was the early 60s. This is the time when they said, well, if you make it, then you're going to be fine. Sure. Well, it was also the time where they were just like, eh, if the kid dies, he dies. Yeah. They were actively trying to kind of like call the herd, I think, with all of the, <laughs> the things that they were doing, the asbestos and the no seatbelts and the... Uh, yeah, everything about those kids. They, yeah. they getting hurt, hanging out, never seeing an adult, mm-hmm. no no responsibility. No. He's, no, I mean, to the point where Linus is sleeping in a pumpkin he's, patch. He's outside. And, and for some bizarre reason, his sister Lucy has this clock next to her bed that gongs like a cuckoo clock every hour. Ugh, that would be Gongs awful. four times at four o'clock in the morning. She wakes up and is like, but knows that Dum Dum isn't there, puts her things on, grabs him, takes his sleepy butt. What a good sister, too. Takes Did she take him back inside? Takes him inside, takes his shoes off, tucks oh, him in. Oh, because that's how he misses the Great Pumpkin. Yeah, yeah misses. Because uh, <laughs> that's when he showed up. Um, just like Snuffleupagus. Uh you know, so she's a good sister. So the yeah. kid's sleeping in a pumpkin patch, shivering too. By the way, nobody shivering ne- when she comes to him. He's, neither he's parent cares. Yeah, neither parent is even even gives a crap where their kid is. But uh, yeah, I think that was indicative of the time as well. They were, they were all at key parties. He probably they were swinging. He probably said to his Putting parents, their "Peanuts and other people." Hey, hey, mom, I'm gonna go sleep outside tonight. Okay, just make sure you take a blanket. I always take a blanket, mom. <laughs> it's with me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> So the last thing I just want to talk about is just touching upon Charles Schultz's view of religion. Because a lot of people, because of the Christmas special, they classified him as being very strong Christian. Well, sure. I mean, but here's the thing. Overly religious stuff tends to kind of repel me. But Christmas is about Jesus. Yeah. For a huge swath of people. I'm a a Santa guy. A little less violent. Lots more presents. But, uh, (laughs) you know... So it makes sense. And it's also well, against the commercialism. That's, that's, that's the point. That's the key. Yeah. Is that I think people took away from it the wrong, the wrong message. Like they were trying to say, oh, well, no, it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Right. It's like, no, it's, it is, sure. It's more about being with people and being nice to people right. than about the commercialism of right. it. And just buying presents and right. making sure you get presents and like all this stuff. Yeah. That that's more what Charles Schultz was. He has said that Linus was his spiritual side sure. and, and always will be. Right. Yeah, Linus is totally the spiritual side. I yeah. mean because if you yeah. look at it, if you want to dissect it, you know, you've got the security blanket, which was religion. Yeah. He doesn't want to get rid of religion. Every time it gets taken from him he gets scared. He can't yeah. do it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Snoopy is kind of this yeah, hedonist, you know, he's just about pleasure and fun and, and doing yeah. what he wants, yeah. and he steals that blanket a lot. He tries to steal <laughs> away his religion. I mean, if you really want to go deep, I'm sure that Schultz was not thinking about all this stuff. No. No. You know, I love that's what I love about art is I loved uh, literature classes in college <laughs> because you could just spout any amount of bullshit. And it could be plausible because it's I, like, okay, maybe. I mean, honestly, with Charles Schultz, it's possible. It is, Very but possible. it's also, you know, like you said, a lot of people watched it and was like, oh, he's all Jesus-y. You yeah. know? And then other people watched it and was like, oh, it's against commercialization. It's the best thing that art can do is satisfy people yeah. by being 
interpreted differently for different people. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It also caused problems. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, He came out at the end essentially admitting in the 80s that he's kind of turned into a secular humanist. Um, And I have a really long quote from his wife after he died. But the the, the only really interesting thing about it is that she called him Sparky. Yeah, yeah, that was his name. I had no idea. Yeah, Sparky. Sparky? Yeah. I just love the fact that it was this like 70, 80-year-old woman calling calling him Sparky. It was so great to see her in interviews or them in interviews because she'd be like, and Sparky, you know. It, yeah, it was so it, great. It essentially came down to his view of it is that people say, oh, well, God will take care of it. And he to, to Charles Schultz, that was too simple. Sure. He's like, things are complicated. Yes. You have to be good to people. Um, he, he, he kind of he, he was kind of, sa- I don't want to say saved, but he was helped a lot by a pastor when he was growing up. Sure. And, and all this stuff. So, like, he was well, definitely he, a spiritual He had a person. pastor help him through a tough time. Yeah. And there are great... There are great spiritual leaders who are there to help people. Believe what you want to believe as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. And if it gives you something positive and it is a positive thing in your life and makes you a positive person and a light unto other people, then God bless you. Dog bless you. Yeah. Whatever it yeah. is, go for it. But, you know. Yeah. He Eventually, Charles Schultz would, would teach Sunday school, but he never told anybody what to believe. God was very important to him, but in a very personal, mysterious way, which I think more people should be that way. Sure. If it's something personal, I don't need to know about it. No. Anyway. Uh, All right. Well, we're out of time. So, uh, well, great job. Great. Yeah. If you haven't seen these specials, G- give a watch. Because uh, it's such they, a great one. They way. will be, obviously, the Halloween one is already gone, but they will be aired on PBS. That was part of the deal with Apple yep. Plus, the Apple Plus TV or whatever, that they, they will be aired for free. At least one day of a year. You get Apple Plus for a month. It's it's like five bucks. I think you can get a free trial for two weeks. These things are twenty yeah. minutes each. You can be yeah. done in an hour. It took us an hour to watch them, and it's just it's a really. I'll tell you, get yourself a little uh, uh, Thanksgiving Charlie Brown yeah. and a little bit of Home Alone, and you got yeah. yourself a nice little evening to get a... your holidays going. Yeah, exactly. Do it when you're put them on when you're decorating your tree the day after Thanksgiving. There you go. There you go. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with my favorite comedy of all time planes trains and automobiles good grief <laughs> welcome to the jacks file whoa yeah. good start <laughs> and it went to scenes a school plays seem to be read from the bible in a soundtrack containing oops <clears throat> when scenes a school plays seem read from the bible and a scene to be okay sorry there you go do We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming, Battlestar Galactica, already in progress.